0: Is this really the beginning of the end of the world? No, I don't think so. But I do believe it's the beginning of the end of the world as we know it. I think some events have happened that are going to have some drastic results on the deglobalization of our world. And I'm speaking directly of the coronavirus and the uh, Russian-Ukraine war. We have learned that what I believe the first president that spoke about globalization was Bill Clinton and how we would create an interdependency and an intersupport for the world and the populations of the world would grow collectively. But we found there were some unintended consequences that have created disasters The first of that, as I said, being that of the pandemic that has killed millions of people, and it won't be the last pandemic. And then I think most striking is the aggression from Russia, recognizing that their economy was failing, that their society was dying, and that they were vulnerable to NATO on certain fronts, and thus they made the efforts to close those gaps and thus we have ourselves in the midst of what could be World War Three. So with that in mind I think it's important as an investor, at least it is for me, to examine what is going to happen. What brought me to this focus was Peter Zion. Peter opened my eyes about four years ago Uh, when I read The Accidental Superpower, and he educated me on demographics and uh, geopolitical situations and the importance of geography and the importance of a demographic pyramid. Let's talk about this, because I think an examination of his new book, The World The end of the world is just beginning, and it's important then to read the subtitle, Mapping the Collapse of Globalization, because that's what it's really all about. Let's dig into it, and let's see where we should be going relative to our investments in this movement for deglobalization. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. First and foremost, Peter explained to me in The Accidental Superpower, and then again in his new book that just becomes available uh, this next week, that demographics are the key to the growth of any nation, in that you have children the age of zero to 20, who are a pure drag on the economy. They have to be fed. They have to be educated. They have to be housed. They don't pay taxes. They don't produce goods. But once they reach 20, they become taxpayers. They become the biggest source of consumption of products and services. And they are those people who support the economy that will grow. Once they turn uh, 41, they become the workforce that pays most of the taxes and they have uh, moved their children out of their house. So they become investors and they reduce consumption. So the 20 to 40 are those that consume. The 40 to 60s Are those who finance the consumption, and also add to the tax base. And then once you get from 61 and above, you get into retirement, you get to where they become a drag on the economy through either pensions and or Social Security. They have failing health, so their health care costs go up, which then become a burden on your society, and they become much as the... Zero to 20, a negative effect on the economy. You add to that the fact that people are living longer, and it becomes more and more important that you have this pyramid. Well, what we've learned and what Peter brings to our attention in uh, The World, The End of the World is Just the Beginning, is that there are some countries in the world who are upside down. Japan is probably the worst one of it, but it goes on to include Korea, Taiwan, Germany, yes, Germany, Belarus, Russia, Italy, Belgium, and China. And the biggest concern in my estimation is two, and that is Germany and uh, China. Let's first talk about Germany. Germany is dependent on Russia for oil and gas. That's how they heat their homes. That's how they power their vehicles. Yes, we're going to EVs, but will it get there soon enough? Will Germany make it through the next winter without coming to some agreement with Russia? This is a major concern. This could be the failing of NATO. That then accelerates the speed of deglobalization and brings everything back to more North America as far as we're concerned. The other element is that of China. I don't think many people recognize exactly what happened in China. China has basically been financed by low interest rates in our demand for products, our willingness to give up our manufacturing for cheaper prices. And it is particularly important in certain forms of electronics. Sure, there are parts of, use an iPhone as an example, that take tremendous technology, but there are other parts that just take labor. And as that labor became more expensive in the United States, we farmed it out. We now have some companies that are totally dependent on China and other countries for the manufacturing of our goods. So I, as an investor, have to look at that and say, do, where do I want to put my money to avoid the exposure to what I think is going to happen as a result of deglobalization. Why is China in such particular bad situation? Well, first of all, uh, they had the one one-child policy, and that ran from 1975 through 2015. So they have a shortage of young people, particularly young girls. Uh, Which adds to their future problem of creating a younger base. What also happened, even though they have abandoned the one-child policy, as you move people out of the country and into the city into smaller confines, and we learned this from Japan, they have fewer babies. And that's the issue they have. The other issue they have, they are totally dependent on other people for their energy and for their food. If China has a breakdown, and China is probably going to be the biggest victim of the Russian-Ukraine war, it could, if their energy is cut off and their food is cut off, China's economy could collapse within the next five years now you add to that now you add to that the united states and much of europe saying we want to limit our exposure to china for obvious reasons you now have who are they going to sell their goods and services to If we no longer buy our flat screen TVs and our iPhones from China and we move our manufacturing to areas like Mexico and South America, what happens to China? This is important and this is what really Peter's book focuses on is that we are going to pull back. We are even going to probably no longer be the police force of the high seas. We have the, the navy that basically keeps trade open around the world. Again, if we deglobalize, that comes to a halt. So, as an investor, I need to look at my portfolio and, and if I accept the fact that deglobalization is going to happen, I need to look at my portfolio and say, where am I exposed to this change? Where is am I negatively exposed and where am I positively exposed? I would say if there is a collapse as a result of Germany's alignment with Russia and NATO fails, we need to look very seriously at any european stocks that we have if china collapses and i own china stocks they are going to become next to worthless that brings to question tesla and even more important that brings to question apple apple is totally dependent for the manufacturing of their iphone on china so Peter is of the belief that the next new iPhone that you will be offered from Apple will be the last iPhone that you will be offered from Apple until they move their manufacturing away from China. That's pretty stark. I have I own quite a bit of Apple. I'm up substantially on Apple. I've been up higher on Apple and I would hate to bail out on it too soon. But I understand what Peter is saying and I understand that Apple is in bed with China as Elon Musk is in bed with China and they're exposed. We just heard Elon make a statement recently about he's bracing for some very tough times. Elon, I understand. I understand what you're saying. You have a tremendous investment in China, and one third of your automobile sales are dependent on China. Where are the opportunities then? I'm gonna beat this drum again. Genomics. As the world moves into this deglobalization, the need for energy and food will become paramount. The United States makes more energy and food than they need. The United States makes the cheapest energy and that means gasoline as well as electricity than any place in the world. The United States is the most proficient at field crops making corn, making wheat, making food for its citizens. In fact, it makes 33% more than what it is it has needs for. You add to that now the technology that is coming into the agro-field through genomics and then through artificial intelligence and facial recognition. What do I mean by facial recognition? How does that work on the farm? If you apply, put onto a tractor a facial recognition device that recognizes the difference between a weed and a crop and then delivers either fertilizer or weed-be-gone as it goes down the field, you now have improved their projecting the production of crops by 250%. We already make more, 33% more than what we need. And we are, they are projecting through genomics and through facial recognition, we will increase the crop output in the United States by 250%. Once again, the United States will become the breadbasket of the world. That is an, an investment opportunity. We are going to bring manufacturing back to the United States. We can't do that if we bring back imp- or we depend on workers as we have in the past. We've proven that. But through additive manufacturing, that's 3D printing, we can eliminate Those costs. Through robotics, we can eliminate those human costs. Not only the cost of the labor, but the cost of the maternity leave, the cost of the health insurance. So, as an investor, I look for investments like 3D printing that will help me participate in the deglobalization of the world. As we bring our involvement in and as countries who aren't as fortunate through demographics and through protected borders, our defense system has to be improved. So our spending on defense will go up, particularly in the area of cyber defense cybersecurity. The other area that I have just recently identified is that of data management. We have witnessed the efficiency of good data management and we have seen that in the growth of Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook. They manage our data, the data that they collect from us so well that they know what we're going to purchase before we purchase it. That has not been the case in the rest of the world. The use of data to make other companies be more efficient has not, has not reached the level of Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and Facebook. That, through artificial intelligence and software, is going to be a growth area of the future. It's going to be essential as we bring in and de-globalize our economy. We're going to need labor, and we're going to need labor at cheaper prices than we can get it in the United States. That takes us to Mexico and South America. Okay, then what should you avoid? Avoid investing in any country that has an aging population because their pension costs are going to bury them and they're going to become dependent on borrowing money to pay for the needs of their aging population. So any country that you might consider investing in that has an aging population, as interest rates go up, the cost of taking care of that aging population is going to become unbearable, and you will see nations fail. You add to that the medical cost that the, con- the terminal countries are facing, and it's not going to be a pretty scene. Peter has some very specific feelings about Bitcoin. I'm going to suggest you read the book Um, and you get your opinion, I'm not going to speak to Bitcoin because I don't feel I have enough knowledge to speak to Bitcoin. I do, however, believe that digital, digital currency is in our future. I also believe that a major change will occur in our banking system. And that's because in my life, Who is the most difficult entity that I have to deal with? My bank. My bank has rules that basically say, Carrie, your money's not your money. It's our money, and you're and you're, you're just having access to it through us. Banking systems are going to change. Digital currency is going to become a part of my future. I know that. So I want to invest in that as well. I'm going to put a link in the description to uh, Peter's book. I'm also going to invite you to join me and let's talk about this. This is probably, some total, the most important investment situation that you're going to face in the next 10 years. And if you don't understand it, And truly, understanding something only really comes when you have a community that you can sit with and talk about and exchange ideas and exchange information. And this is just going to come so fast and furious that I believe a community is the best answer. I use that through my tribe. I have a Discord. Um, I want to invite you to come take a look at it Uh, I'm going to send those of you who are on my email list a email explaining it in more detail in the future. So if you want to get on my email list so that you get that information, again, go into the um, description, send me your email, your name, and your email list, and I'll continue to communicate with you. I'm going to get the book. I'm going to read it actually I've already ordered it on audible I'm going to listen to it if in fact it is what I think it's going to be I will buy a copy of it as I did with this and read it with the audible going on in my ear so that's my take on the end the beginning of the end of the world the deglobalization of our economy the world's economies <music>